Well, I know you two crazy media guys, and you're the same kind of crazy that I am. So I felt a relational connection with you two. I'm Mitch. And I'm Missy. We're co-workers. He's the boss, and we're married. And she's the boss. Together, we host Good Faith Weekly, a podcast on faith and culture. What could possibly go wrong? Tune in and find out. Missy. Welcome to Good Faith Weekly. On this episode, Missy and I are going to catch up, but... Missy's under the weather. We'll tell you more about that as the pod unfolds. And then later on in this episode, I have the privilege of sitting down with Good Faith Media's producer, Cliff Vaughn, and the pastor at Second Baptist Church in Little Rock, Arkansas, as we talk about Good Faith Media's newest narrative podcast, A Second Language. It is the history and story of Second Baptist Church in Little Rock, Arkansas, but it is so much more than a church history. You are not going to want to miss this interview. So ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be a great podcast. Stay tuned. Hey there, Missy. How you doing? Um, I'm all right. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing okay. Well, <laughs> you brought something back from Chicago that we did not anticipate. No, we didn't. I apparently picked up COVID as my souvenir from Chicago last week. <laughs> oh my goodness. So <laughs> while we're in the same house, I'm in the recording studio and you are where? <laughs> I am trapped in our bedroom. I'm pretty sure you have completely sealed the door shut <laughs> to lock me in here yeah. to avoid any sort of um, contamination. But yeah, so I've locked away, been here for a few days. So, I mean, and, it's, a, it's yeah, been a so suffering through COVID for the second time. Yeah, it's been a while since we've actually talked about COVID. And, you know, you, you hear yeah. news reports every now and again, or you hear, you know, a friend or acquaintance you know, contracting COVID, but this has kind of taken a toll on you. I mean, this is, I mean, it, more so than I had re- ever imagined. Yeah, I had it last summer, I guess. That was my souvenir from our good faith experience in Hawaii. Um, and then, I, I, I mean, it was not fun, but this has been so different and much worse, in my opinion, um, but truly, I told you when we got home, I've got a cold. I thought it was a cold, really bad cold. And then I was convinced it was the flu. I just hurt from head to toe. Like, I've got the flu, I've got the flu. And so it, it reinforced for me what, you know, the experts have told us is that test, 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 because it's just manifest in so many different ways. There doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to it. I feel like I'm on the upswing now just for the fact that I'm able to zoom with you and actually speak without um, coughing like a four pack a day smoker. Um, so, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's totally different than the first time. So yes, if you um, just, yeah, that's my PSA for the day. If you start to feel under the weather, just go get a test because this is very different than last time. I never would have thought this was COVID, but it well, was um, pretty quick uh, to, to turn positive. So, 
Well, on behalf of the listeners and all your coworkers and the two people who actually live in the same house with you, we hope you get better quickly. <laughs> right. I feel like I'm on the upswing, so good. that's a good thing. That is good. So. Well, let's talk so a little tell bit. Tell me what's been going yeah, well, on let's in the talk world. A, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, let's talk a little bit about what uh, is in the news uh, as far as where faith and culture intersect these days. Last week, while we were in Chicago at the Parliament of the World Religions, news broke out of Waco, Texas, that Baylor University had applied for an exemption to Title IX, and they were granted that exemption by the Biden administration through the Department of Education. That allows them to. Uh, uh, stay, quote unquote, true to their religious convictions by denying any harassment charges that an LGBTQ student could level against the university. Now, Baylor argues that they're always looking out for every one of their students, but this kind of application and the grant of the application, this type of exemption seems not to be be entirely true. It's going to be missing the mark a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I wrote my article about it uh, this week, and, and there's been a lot of coverage uh, from secular media to faith-based journalism and a lot, a lot of great articles. But I just, I, this is just really um, not settling well with me just because I am an alumni of Baylor. I got my uh, doctorate of ministry there through Truett Theological Seminary uh, back in 2009 and and so it just to 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 use religion in this manner is really troublesome and to to find this exemption to apply for this exemption and then be given this exemption gives the university cover just in case they want to ignore any harassment claims made by students and it just feels icky to be quite honest with you that's what's kind of scary to me, and I'll admit I have been largely um, under a rock for the last several days. The only article I have read about this um, was from Helen Holy, a, a friend <laughs> of the pod. Yeah. And, <laughs> so, and a Baylor alumni, yeah. <laughs> right, right. So if you don't follow Helen Holy on, on social media, go, go check out her um, little article about that this week. So that's about all I know. And um, COVID fog just is a little bit preventing me from understanding all of the intricacies sure. and, and all of the yeah. the fallout from from this type of thing but uh, but I'm like you I just know it's 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 icky it kind of it reeks right now and I know that many of our friends our brilliant friends are pretty incensed about the whole thing yeah the good news um, is there there is a swell of response by baylor alumni current students and faculty and leadership within the university that have crafted a letter asking baylor to rethink this position and to redefine their statement on sexuality because the reality is they have lgbtq plus students employees alumni faculty that are a part of this university. And until they withdraw this rigid stance regarding this issue, those people are always going to feel like they're on the margins and on the outside and not a part of the full, the full community of God as Baylor would define it. And so it's, it's just, I don't know, it, it just rubbed me the wrong way this week and, and I decided to write about it. So 
Well, I look forward to reading my second article about the situation tomorrow <laughs> when you are or not That's tomorrow. Right. But well, I can we'll guarantee you Helen Holy's will be like really high level. Mine will be a low level. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> a different tone, but I do appreciate yeah. her writing as well as yeah. Yeah. Another piece uh, in the news comes from Good Faith Media this week. we got some exciting news that we announced. So I was so sad to miss the interview this week. I was so looking forward to the conversation with Preston and Cliff. But as of the time you take, uh, recorded this interview, there was absolutely no way I could participate. Um, and I have to say, I've, since I've listened to the interview and I'm I'm just not sure you need me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. But no, you were very much missed. In fact, uh, when the interview started prior before I hit record, uh, Preston and Cliff were lamenting the fact that you were not there to join us. So they, well, we'll they have really to circle sad. back and, and have another conversation with them sometime just just for the heck of it. But um, I want to say the interview is it's fantastic. I. I loved listening to it just as a listener and have made copious notes um, on it. And I'm very excited for our listeners to hear it as well. I will say though, you know, Preston is, is one of our patron saints of the pod, oh, right? Sure. Yeah, he's, yeah. He, he's someone who gets quoted frequently. Right. <laughs> but I will say I've heard him preach off and on for, I don't know, 16 or so years now. And I contend and I will fight anybody about this. No one can turn an agricultural metaphor. Like <laughs> I mean, 20, I think he preached a sermon 20 years ago here in Oklahoma, and they are uh-huh. still talking about that little sprout that budded from <laughs> the dirt. Uh, it was, <laughs> he makes me want to get out there and till some soil. Is that, what you, is that how you say it? Yeah, oh. I, I think so. But it's, a, it's 110 degrees outside, so I'm going to wait till the cooler months to till my soil. Yes. <laughs> He is fantastic. Uh, he, is. he has a way with words, and he's just, yeah, he's wonderful. And the combination of of him and his brilliance, and then Cliff, are an unbelievably talented um, storyteller. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it just produced a genius work of art. It did. Well, stay tuned. Uh, we'll be right back with. Preston Clegg, the pastor at Second Baptist Church in Little Rock, Arkansas, and GFM's media producer, Cliff Fawn. And we've got a new podcast that's dropped, A Second Language, that you're going to hear about. You know, Missy, I really enjoy recording this podcast with you each and every week. Do you? Well, <laughs> uh, but this is not the only thing we do at Good Faith Media. It's not. We have so many offerings for you. We have a plethora of podcasts, videos, news and opinion articles, Bible studies, books, and much, much more. Find us at goodfaithmedia.org. Welcome back to Good Faith Weekly. On this episode, we've got two very special guests with us. Reverend Preston Clegg is a native Arkansan. He stepped into the role as senior pastor at Second Baptist Church in Little Rock, Arkansas on May of 2013. Uniquely qualified for the position, Preston has pastored four churches in 21 years. He received a BA in Christian ministry from Williams Baptist College in 2003. Later, he attended George W. 
Truett Theological Seminary at Baylor University to earn his Master's of Divinity degree in 2006 and Doctorate of Ministry degree in 2013. Cliff Vaughn really needs no introduction whatsoever to this audience, but he is our media producer at Good Faith Media. He has worked since 2000 at ethicsdaily.com, Baptist Center for Ethics, making videos, features, and short documentaries and podcasts. Cliff holds a BA from the University of Alabama in Huntsville and an MA from Auburn University and a PhD from Bowling Green State University. So, Preston, welcome back to Good Faith Weekly. And Cliff, it is so nice to see you on this side of the microphone, my friend. So glad to be with you. Yeah, it's good to be here again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think I have to start this interview by just acknowledging the elephant in the room. My cohort and partner is not with us today. Uh, She's under the weather and our, our thoughts, our prayers, our good tides or or sit Missy's way. Hope she'll be back in the studio very soon because she's got a lot to say about this podcast. So she hates (laughs) this interview, uh, but she sends her very best to both of you. Had I known she not be on this interview, I might not have agreed to be on. (laughs) Well, that's why we didn't say anything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first of all, to both of you, congratulations on the new podcast. It's called A Second Language. This is a narrative podcast produced by Good Faith Media, and it's about Second Baptist Church in downtown Little Rock, Arkansas, and how its location and leadership have shaped its witness within the city and within the state. It is an incredible story. It is actually our second narrative podcast at Good Faith Media. Our first was about the great Molly Marshall titled Brother Molly, and you can listen to it uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. And so we were so thrilled to get this out uh, to the audience this week, and uh, you can download it right now for your listening pleasure. So Cliff, let's start with you. Um, this was, you know, it took quite a while to tell this story. <laughs> so walk us through how it began and where it's ending. Well, as I recall, when we were finishing making Brother Molly, and that had been such a, an incredible journey of production and working on that. And then as we were nearing getting that out, this is my memory, um, was that you, Mitch, said, all right, our second narrative podcast is going to be on second Baptist church. Uh, basically go do it. <laughs> That's kind of how I remember it going. And so I, I was familiar with second Baptist church having worked uh, here, for, you know, since 2000. Uh, and I had known uh, previous pastors. I knew Preston. Um, so I was somewhat familiar with the church's history, but this was really prior to the pandemic. Uh, when you said, you know, let's make those our second podcast. And I said, okay. And then of course the pandemic hung everything up. Um, and, but also this kind of narrative podcast, the total runtime on it is I think about two hours, 45 minutes. Um, so it, it's, it's a listening investment. It's a spread across six episodes in my mind. It's kind of the story of a church and I've read church histories to me, parts of them are kind of interesting and a lot of it's boring, uh, because they're doing often what they're tasked with doing, which is to kind of get out the programs, get out the pastors, get out the budgets, preserving an important part of that church's history. But when you gave me the the assignment, Mitch, to to make this on Second Baptist, I thought, okay, this is going to be kind of like a church history, but it's going to be a little bit different. 
it's sort of a biography of a, of a church, if you will. I'm not a member of Second Baptist Church. I'm a native Alabamian. I'm familiar with the church and church in general, but I'm not an insider, if you will. And so I have no doubt that an insider would tell this story differently. Um, but I come to it with an outsider's perspective and with an approach, which was what is kind of the the larger historical context that has helped shape this church. And, and Preston, I think in one of our first interviews, Preston really confirmed for me the, the tactic uh, when Preston said something to the effect of, it's hard to tell the story of Second Baptist Church without telling the story of Little Rock or the story of Arkansas, uh, that those two stories are, or you know, the story of the church and the story of the larger history around it. They're, as we used to say in graduate school, inextricably intertwined. Uh, <laughs> you, you can't separate them. Uh, and so that was always in my mind for how this was going to go. And so we interviewed some, you know, Preston interview of a former pastor, Ray Higgins, uh, church members we interview, but we also interview historians, uh, community leaders, interfaith friends. Uh, and, and so it has a broad view to try to help contextualize the church's story. And this, you know, this is a telling of the church's story. Sure. Yeah. There's plenty more to be said, but it, it's been a lot of fun to work on. What's that? More to tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's more to tell. There's more to tell. So, okay, yeah. Preston, let's jump to you now. I mean, you had these two crazy media guys come to you and say, hey, we want to do a narrative podcast about your church. What was your first reaction when Cliff and I approached you about telling Second Story? Well, I know you two crazy media guys, <laughs> and you're the same kind of crazy that I am. So I felt a relational connection with you two. Uh, and I just want to say from the beginning that I felt honored that Second Baptist Story is a story that Good Faith Media felt worthy of telling. Because I from day one of my coming here, really before day one of my coming here, as I learned the story of Second Baptist, I just felt this immense sense of stewardship of a narrative that's much larger than me, of saints who've been doing hard work, creative work, long before I ever arrived at Second, and hopefully this will continue for generations to come. And so for me, the history of Second, the story of Second is one of encouragement. It's one of inspiration. It's one of example. It's not one of perfection. Uh, we have fallen along the way. We've made mistakes along the way, and we will in the future. Uh, but hopefully all of those stumblings are stumblings Christward. And I think that is something that is true about Second Baptist Church. We, we often say that we're a different kind of Baptist church. And a lot of people giggle when we say that. Many people have no idea what that means. But I think in these days, with so many people falling away from the Christian faith, with so many people being repulsed by what they see in the larger Baptist realm, that this tells the story that there are different kind of Baptists in the world, that there is a way to be faithful to Christ that is alternative witness from what most people see and know in our day. And I'm grateful that Good Faith Media amplified that story. 
And that I'm so glad you you brought that up, Preston, because as I was listening to the podcast, uh, it just it, to me this is not only a great story for Arkansas, it is also an American story, but it's even much larger than just an American story. It is a faith story that a lot of people will be able to connect with across the world, because it is a story that. Uh, taps into a people's compassion, but it's also authentic because the story reveals some of the thorns and more dicey issues uh, that uh, that we discover inside of not only Second Baptist, but within Arkansas and Little Rock in particularly. But it also talks, it, it, it speaks into the progression of faith and how people have grown over several decades. And that's what I think about its beauty and its storytelling and Cliff did a great job, masterful job in telling yeah. the story because this story is going to be for all audiences because it does go a little bit against the grain. I mean, you are a Baptist church located in Arkansas that have, that have been engaged in social justice work for a long, long time. So Cliff, let's, let's start with you. What really, just stood out to you as you were telling this story that resonated, hey, this is much larger than 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 just this church history that that I'm diving into. Well, I remember finding a sermon that Preston had preached and he was talking about race. And he said in the sermon, you know, some of you might think that I talk about race too much from this pulpit. But if we're not talking about race, we're not talking about it, whatever the it is out there and and his comments kept rattling around in my brain and as i was doing more research uh, there's a maybe the most well-known member of second baptist church congressman brooks hayes and so going through a lot of brooks hayes's materials i found a a speech that he had given to southern baptists about 60 years ago and he said something very similar he said and this was in the context of uh, schools being integrated uh, in the late 1950s. And he said, some of you are probably tired of hearing me talk about race. Um, and so when I came across that, I thought it, it revealed the depth of our problem, mm. the the depth of our challenge. And we have to pay attention. Well, when people say they're tired of hearing about race, well, you know, what is it that they or that we are really tired of? You know, we have to keep peeling this back and to hear it expressed from Brooks Hayes, you know, in this kind of tinny audio, tinny audio from 60 years ago and then hear Preston talk about it. I, I just loved back to the the length of time it took to produce it. I like things that take a long time. You have to sit with things yeah, or you have to sit with some things for a long time. Uh, and sometimes your opinion about those things changes. Sometimes it's your opinion is reinforced. You keep finding the evidence that backs up what you suspected. Uh, Preston, I mean, the history of Second Baptist is so rich and communicated so well in this narrative podcast. One of the things that was so encouraging to me and inspirational was Little Rock, Arkansas was the center of the battle for integration in the 1950s with Central High School. Little do people realize how 
important Second Baptist Church in downtown Little Rock, Arkansas, was as that issue played out in the city. What does that feel like for you as now the pastor of Second Baptist to know that history, to carry that responsibility with you, and how does that play into your ministry today? That's a great question. I I think most people around the United States that don't live in Little Rock, when they hear those two words together, Little Rock, think Little Rock Central 1957. They think, uh, or they see the images that are ingrained in all of our brains. And I think one of the things that has inspired me and Second Baptist, again, is to provide some alternative witness. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think we did everything right, even in those days, uh, but, but we were trying, and I think we're still trying. I guess the best way I know to answer that question, so I, I grew up on a farm in Arkansas, and farming life is ingrained in my being, and I, I understand seasons, right? You can't plant and harvest on the same day, and this year's harvest, the remnants of this year's harvest will go back into the soil and be a part of next year's crop. I, I think a lot of the the harvest or the remnants of the harvest of 1957, 58, 59, and there was fallout for a decade to come. Those remnants went into the soil of Second Baptist and are still part of our intrinsic identity to this very day. Hmm. Courage, um, an outward social focus, a desire to live the gospel in the most private of ways, but also in the most public of ways. And that's why I so appreciated the way that Cliff intertwined the church's history, the city's history, the state, the nation, Baptist history. There's so many narratives that are woven together in this podcast. I think if a church's story and the city's story can be told separately as if the one has nothing to do with the other, something is amiss there. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and I'm grateful to be a part of a church where the city story and our story, uh, there's a synergistic relationship there. Yeah, very yeah I, back, back to that, because I think that's a critical point. If you think you can tell the church's story without the surrounding context, you're just not paying attention or you're kidding yourself. Uh, and you know, having been parts of, uh, you know, seeing various church histories, which only want to talk about the good. If you think there was only good there, you're not fooling anybody. And I think that there's a, there's a sensitive way to talk about the problems, but you have to sort of understand where were we missing the mark? Where were we trying? Where were we not trying? Um, and it's complicated. I, I hate to be, I hate to sound like a cliche, but it is. Uh, we're talking about human beings who who move into spaces. You know, I found this uh, essay written by Reverend Del Cowling, the longtime pastor of the church. And I, I loved this essay. He titled it Protect the Church. And he, he basically just kind of laid it all out there, which the stuff I hear um, ad infinitum about all kinds of issues. And 
you know, the, the, the tension that a person feels with wanting to do the right thing, but also, you know, do I have the right to take an action that might torpedo this church? Cause this church is not me. It's bigger than me. So, I mean, it's a fascinating study in sociology and right. human drama. It's more than that. Um, but it includes that. Right. Very well said. So Cliff, you spent hours and hours researching the story of second Baptist, what surprised you the most in your research? I loved every single second of the research on this. Did I find something that surprised me? Um, I don't know if I would say it wasn't surprised me as in I couldn't believe it, mm-hmm. but I, I did find a couple of pieces of information about Brooks Hayes that it didn't surprise me, but I, I put two and two together on a couple of instances for which we had some historical evidence. And I thought that is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it really adds more color and texture to his story. And I read, you know, book after book, because he wrote numerous books, Brooks Hayes, uh, numerous books. And so reading those, and I kid you not, I think you could just kind of blindly crack open a page of one of his books and blindly just choose a paragraph and it would be salient in 2023. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if it's a way of saying this surprised me, but um, I'll just respond to your question by saying the fact that Brooks Hayes's story, you know, runs through Second Baptist Church, it runs through Little Rock and Arkansas and Southern Baptists and global history to see that the challenges he was trying to work through and meeting and not meeting or however you want to put it to, to see that they're still with us is is incredible. It's, it's not only it's is it humbling. Are those words still with us? I mean, you begin the podcast with the story of the recipient of the Brooke Hayes Award, which was a Muslim woman this year. And yeah. so, I mean, it was just, it was really an intriguing way to actually begin the entire narrative. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for sharing that. And so, this process has, has been a long process, uh, Preston, but is there anything that you have learned about your church uh, and your your fellow practitioners of the faith uh, during this process? I don't know that I learned anything new. Um, everything in the podcast that I'm aware of um, was things I was aware of. Um, but I think it deepened what I know, if that makes sense. And here's what I mean by that. I think history has proven that second has tended to be on the right side of issues. Mm -hmm. And I'm proud of that. I'm really stinking proud of that. But that does not mean we're always right. (laughs) It, It doesn't mean that we're right at every level of our being. And I'll just give you some examples. I I think we're a church that has long affirmed women in ministry, right? That's, that's not something we're arguing about at Second Baptist these days. It's something we celebrate. And yet, treating women with dignity, respect, equity, listening to their voices, not just affirming their leadership, but following their leadership, that is work that we're never done with. I don't think racial justice, even if we're right on all of our public declarations, I don't think that means that we're beyond repentance in matters of racial justice, uh, inclusion, name your issues. So I, I think 
one of the things the podcast reinforced for me is the need to be in a constant state of repentance, Mm. um, a constant state of introspection and a desire to keep doing the right thing, but also in the right way at the right time and for the right reasons. Uh, That was one of the things that I took away from the podcast that at least deepened my appreciation for second and wanted me to continue to call us to our better angels in the future. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because, you know, I think it's in the end of the first episode, beginning of the second episode uh, where uh, the story takes us to the lynching of John Carter back in 1927. Mm -hmm. As I heard the retelling of that story and the responses from the community, I was thinking to myself, you know, while we've come a long ways from 1927, we still have a long ways to go because we're still experiencing this racial oppression in the country. And, and so I like that state of repentance. Uh, I felt like when I heard that story, that that was part of, it became part of my story and which I needed to repent from. Yeah. And another really thin thread for me, we're no longer lynching black people in Arkansas in a formal way. Thanks be to God. Right. Mm -hmm. But we are we remain in a state that doesn't uh, want to give a full throated study of the history of that lynching in public schools. Mm -hmm. And so we're not altogether fighting a different fight. It's the same struggle to tell the truth about ourselves, to repent. And part of repentance is not just sorrow of the past, but looking to the future and saying, how can we do this better? Uh, And so when I finished the podcast, I was really stinking proud of my church, but I also had this newfound resolve to do differently uh, personally, uh, but also as a congregation. When I think about Second Baptist in Little Rock, Arkansas, and think about the your past pastors uh, and you as its current pastor, I think of the importance of the prophetic voice. And the prophetic voice is a truth sayer. And the idea of seeking and speaking truth resonates throughout this entire narrative podcast from beginning to end. And which is a great testimony to Second Baptist. Cliff, how important was it for you in the storytelling to weave that search for truth? Because you begin the podcast with this, with the story about the Brocades Award, but then you quickly pivot to all of this criticism of wokeism uh, in today's culture. And, uh, you know, we saw cameos from Ron DeSantis and, uh, you know, Governor Sanders from uh, Huckabee Sanders from, from Arkansas talking about wokeism and decrying it. How important was for you? for you to capture that narrative in truth-telling throughout Seconds History? Well, I ultimately decided to call the podcast a second language and running through the, the entire podcast is this notion of language and talk and words and the things we say and the things we don't say and the, the words we try to avoid and the words we embrace. And so I thought, and and my wife, uh, she she helped me punch up the the intro in terms of the relevance, um, which is and 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 Preston 
has already touched on it, this idea that we just don't want to talk about certain things because it might be upsetting. Well, that is not a reason not to talk about things. And I think Second and Preston's ministry, they offer some good examples for how congregations and communities can go about talking about hard things. Open up a newspaper any day of the week now, and you've got people that just don't want to talk about the hard things. And that cannot stand. And I would just add to that, I think courage is a communal virtue. Mm. And speaking the truth means nothing if there aren't ears for the truth. And so I think the pastors of Second have gotten a lot of credit through the years. And I've stand in a line of some really great pastors, and I'm grateful to be in their number, uh, privileged to be in their number. But I think we would all say that the pews of Second are courageous. They're open to the truth. They're open to being challenged. They're open to imagining how the gospel plays out in our very lived lives. It, it, it's hard for pastors to speak the truth if their job is on the chopping block, you know. Uh, Brooks Hayes even speaks to that in one of his clips in this podcast. Second is a place where the truth is expected to be spoken and it's open to being heard. And I think that's part of what makes Second a unique place. So when I think of a prophetic voice, I see a prophetic community at mm. Second, and that's what I give thanks for. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah. This is an incredible story. Um, you know, I'm so glad we're honored to, to be able to tell it. But after the listeners get finished with this podcast and they sit with it for a few moments, what do you hope they will take from this story? So Preston, let's begin with you. What do you hope listeners will take after they hear the story of a second language? I hope they will take away encouragement and inspiration and maybe even a sense of solidarity. And, and here's what I mean by that. Because the pandemic weirded the world, people found second in ways that I still don't completely comprehend. And I on loop heard sentiments like, uh, we didn't know churches like this existed. We didn't know that the religious right didn't have a monopoly on Christian expression in the South, in the U.S., particularly in the Baptist tradition. And second became refuge uh, for those people. Inspiration, encouragement, community, solidarity. And so my hope and prayer is that those who listen to this podcast with an open heart and mind find a sense of encouragement and inspiration that we can be about hard things too, that we can be about imagining how Jesus leads us out into the world too. We can fail and get back up again too. There are other Christians like us too. Uh, so that's, that's my hope and prayer for this podcast uh, is encouragement, inspiration, and solidarity. I love that. Now, Cliff, it's taken three years to put this together. Uh, you know, a lot of that time was spent in the pandemic mode. 
but you have sat with this information, you've pondered it, you have reflected upon it. Knowing you as I do, I know that you think and feel deeply when you engage in these stories. So what are you hoping that listeners will take once they hit the stop button at the conclusion of this story? I would like to think that others will be as curious as I was. Um, I like to promote more curiosity about people, about institutions, about places. I would love it if people in other parts of the country who thought they knew what a Baptist church in Arkansas was like would listen to this and just be curious about um, a community of people and what do some of them really think? What have they thought? Um, what are the through lines that run through their individual and communal stories? And and so I approached it every day with a with a, a sense of curiosity about the church's history, and I hope others will too. And then it can lead them into their own uh, explorations of curiosities about their own churches, their own cities' histories, and how they intertwine. Well, it is a great, great podcast. The podcast is titled A Second Language. You can listen to it wherever you listen to your podcast. So make certain to download it immediately because it is out and you're going to want to take it all in every second of it. You got an entire weekend to listen to it. You can do it. It's going to be great. Well, thank you so much for joining us, both of you. But before we let you go, we've got one last question. In light of everything we have talked about here today, our tagline at Good Faith Media is, there is more to tell. So Preston, can you bless us with whatever your more to tell might be today? I'll try. As I was just processing this very conversation, I began thinking, we're not just saved by faith, right? We pastor by faith. We do church by faith, and I have very little answers for what the church should be doing today or tomorrow, but I can look back at the history of Second and see how God brought us through challenging times because we trusted, and I think that will save pastors and churches and the Christian witness in this country if we're faithful to it uh, for decades to come. Love it. Thank you so much. And Cliff, you get the last word, my friend. I think my more to tell is summarized in one word, which is love. I, I begin my days doing yoga and, uh, and love is the word love and the feeling of love and the ethic of love is hopefully um, on my mind and in my heart uh, in the mornings. And I hope I carry it with me into these projects. Um, and I can say without qualification that I love Second Baptist Church in downtown Little Rock and its people and the things that, as I think, Preston, your, your phrase was falling Christ word or something to that effect. But the ways in which love is the beginning and the end. And if we're not pursuing that uh, constantly, um, we're not on the right track. So it's love for me. And you're loved back. (laughs) 
Thank you, Preston. Absolutely. Well, Preston, we're really excited. Uh, the uh, podcast dropped on Wednesday, and we are very excited. Cliff and I are at, Cliff and I are actually going to be with you and the congregation at Second Baptist Church in Little Rock, Arkansas, this Sunday. Uh, so, all of you who are listening to this uh, podcast at Good Faith Weekly, uh, and you live near or around Little Rock, please come over and see us. It is a great community of faith, and we'd love to say hi. So, it's good having you both on the show, and. Again, congratulations on the podcast. Thanks. Thanks we really appreciate your work. Thanks, Fitch. Well, Missy, you were missed during this interview, and but I had such a good time with uh, Preston and Cliff. They're fantastic. I love the conversation, and I just I have so many notes and quotes that from both of them. And one of the things that to speak to just Cliff's artistry in, in storytelling, like I mentioned a little while ago, um, he was talking about uh, his research on Brooks Hayes, and mm-hmm. he talks about adding more color and texture to his story. And he was speaking of, of Brooks, but I just thought that was such a beautiful statement that Cliff made, and I thought that's, that's what Cliff does. He just adds texture. He adds beauty. He just adds he's just an artist and i think he did such a great job of putting this podcast series together yeah, I, I totally agree you know there are times where i will follow cliff uh, to certain locations to do some follow-up interviews or videos and it's always disheartening for me when i walk through the door they say oh where's cliff <laughs> it's so true you're so when disappointed we- i'm so yes. sorry i'm not cliff vaughn <laughs> yes Yes, but um, the story is wonderful. It it speaks to um, things of the past, yeah. things that are currently going on. I feel like it's very interesting. You mentioned in the interview how this was an idea, and I'll I'll give you credit where credit is due. This was your idea um, back in 2019, mm-hmm. or maybe even before. You wanted to do a, a story, a, a podcast, narrative podcast on Second Baptist, and then um, it pretty much got uh, shut down along with everything else. Um, because of COVID. So it got, it was shelved. I mean, not shelved, but just, you know, for the lack of being able to travel and things like that. And then there were some other, you know, sort of delays along the way with accessing archives and such. And so it seemed to um, move along, you know, slower than, than any of us would have liked, but the story evolved and changed so much. I think in part because of COVID from where you initially thought it was going to go. And I think I, I almost would kind of label you as a prophet. In this <laughs> what? <laughs> Hang on, ladies and gentlemen. Hang on. Mark Hang on. that. <laughs> I think it may be the COVID I, fog speaking, but there has been yes. a revelation just to There's some COVID fog <laughs> happening here. But as I was listening to the interview, I just thought, you know, you had one idea, but but then it, it it evolved and expanded into something that is so relevant for what we've been through in the last three years, partly, you know, not due to the pandemic, but, you know, that being kind of a catalyst for the Black Lives Matter movement and a lot of the racial justice and, and things, uh, movements that we've seen. Even to today, 
what's going on in Arkansas at Little Rock High yeah, School. Yeah, that's exactly what, with the exactly what I was doing. Exactly what I African American History Course. Amen, amen. That's exactly. And for this to drop this right now is right. just who could have predicted how relevant this would be today? Yeah. What's interesting about this story and the podcast, A Second Language, is that the idea came to me when I heard the story of Second Baptist and their discernment process as they were trying to decide if they were going to become welcoming and affirming of LGBTQ church members. They made that courageous decision and opened their doors, repented of their past, and did a really, really nice job in uh, opening their arms, their hearts, their lives, and their church to everybody in God's family. But I also knew there was a connection with that and the work they had done back in the 1950s with the integration of Central High School in Little Rock. I had no Mm -hmm. idea about what took place before then in the 20s with lynchings, what had occurred in the city, uh, what occurred in the state. So what became a story, a localized story about Little Rock really became a national story. And this national mm-hmm. story fits it fits so appropriately right now at this time in this moment because of what is happening in the country, just this week, there was a Republican primary debate, and I can't tell you how many times we have heard from the candidates about wokeism, which translates their anti-education and anti-history. And you mentioned mm-hmm. the case in Arkansas, all across the country, and particularly in southern states, where racism and Jim Crow were prevalent, history is being whitewashed. And there is a concerted attempt by a religious minority, in my opinion, but very powerful minority to try to whitewash Christian or whitewash history and to hopefully let us forget about these terrible moments that has brought us to where we are today. And so we at Good Faith Media are saying, oh, hell no, We're not going to do that. We are going to tell these stories in their authenticity. We're going to tell them openly and honestly, this is who we are. And Second Baptist Church in Little Rock, Arkansas, let us do that, invited us to come in and tell their story. Cliff Vaughn, Preston Clegg, the entire Second Baptist family just needs to be applauded today for allowing us to tell that story because it is a genuine, authentic story that gives us hope. These are the stories that we need to be telling. Right. I think Preston did such a good job of saying, you know, being very honest about their story, saying we didn't, it's not, it's a story of an example. It's not one of perfection. Um, it, it offers encouragement, inspiration. Um, but like you said, not one of perfection. We've fallen along the way. We've made mistakes, but, but hopefully following, you know, Christ word, he says, and the very fact that they, they kicked out a very prev, prominent member of their church for <laughs> drunkenness and not racism tells you a lot. About right. That, <laughs> yes. That needs to be the teaser that, that grips you. If you're not going to listen to it for any other reason, it's a bizarre story that now we're like, wait, what? <laughs> but yeah, he's very real at that. And he says, you know, um, you know, we're, we're on the right side of issues, but that doesn't mean we're always right. right. And I think that's, you know, an important 
kind of clarification to make. There's an excerpt of his ser- one of his sermons in there that tells a story of being the church, you know, of Brooks Hayes, but also being the church of, um, you know, that kicked out this man, mm-hmm. you know, so the man for drunkenness and not racism. So, um, I, I love that, that yeah. he's able to show both the good, but also, you know, this is where we've made some missteps and, and we're, we're working to correct. Yeah. Um, and at the end when he, he talks about, you know, if we're on the right side of, of issues or our public declarations, for example, women in ministry or inclusion of LGBTQ persons, um, all of these things, you know, he says that we're still working to get to reach a better point on in practice we still need to be actively working towards doing better. You know, you can make a public declaration all day long, yeah. but if, if you're not constantly checking yourself and, and improving on the practice of that, then, then you have, uh, I don't know, fallen into complacency. Yeah. I can remember as a pastor for over 20 years, people often ask me, you know, the churches that I led were very, adamant about inclusivity and justice issues. And, you know, we were uh, very open. We were very affirming. Uh, We talked a lot about hard issues. And a lot of people would ask me, well, what about, you know, our traditional beliefs, our traditional values? And, you know, where are those? What do we believe in? And I would always comment that there are things that I, you know, just adamantly believe in. And some of those are grace inclusion, love, justice, forgiveness, acceptance, affirmation to people for who God created them to be. And I'll always, if I err in this life, and I have erred a great deal, if I ever err, may we always err on the side of grace, love, and justice. I would rather err on that side than on the side of taking a hard stance and being wrong and marginalize, oppress, and deny somebody their human rights. And so mm-hmm. I think this story, a second language about Second Baptist Church in Little Rock, Arkansas, is a story that every person of faith needs to hear, needs to listen to, needs to set with for a time. Uh, because it is, it's just so well done Cliff and, and the it's whole so fascinating. And like Cliff said, he, you know, you start out thinking you're going to give some sort of church history, but it became so much broader than that. Right. Um, both the history of, of the community and the, and the nation at that time that, you know, like we keep saying is so relevant for, for our community, for our nation today. Yeah, so absolutely. I hope folks enjoyed it. I do want to make one note um, mm-hmm. and just remind folks that we do record ahead of time. So if I do end up getting to go to Little Rock with you this weekend. And if some folks see me who have just heard that I have COVID, rest assured, it will only be because I have had a negative test and I'm no longer symptomatic and have met all of the checkboxes for being able to be around people again. That's <laughs> so right. I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm crossing my fingers. I still get to go. Yeah. Well, I do too, because uh, we are looking forward to being in Little Rock for the opening of A Second Language, a podcast about Second Baptist Church. For in the release party. Will there be yeah. a red carpet? I feel like there needs there to probably, be There probably needs to be a red carpet. I'll, I'll get pressed in on that. I'm sure <laughs> that we can work something out. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, well, Missy, we hope you get better. Thanks. 
And uh, for our audience, please, please, after this podcast, if you have not listened, listened to A Second Language, go subscribe to it right now. Download it and please share it across social media platforms because this is some excellent, excellent work. And remember, Good Faith Media is a nonprofit. And if you like these stories, please consider giving a donation at goodfaithmedia.org because we love bringing these stories to you. Hope you have a good week. Uh, I'll just add in there. I'm going to interrupt you. Since you said earlier, the the religious and what you feel like is a minority that's loud. Yeah. They are loud and they're well-funded. That's exactly (laughs) right. Like you said, it's, it's, you know, we love to tell these stories. We want to bring them to light. So please support our work in the work of, of other organizations who are on what we will insist is the right side of history. 100%. Get well. See you next week. Thanks. You've been listening to Good Faith Weekly, hosted by Mitch and Missy Randall. This weekly podcast from Good Faith Media discusses matters of faith and culture. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast and give us a like and a glowing review. We produce the podcast out of Norman, Oklahoma. Our music comes from Pond 5. And we're supported by listeners like you. Learn more about us at goodfaithmedia.org. Thank you.